When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Peacock streaming the biggest sporting events, exclusive originals, and the latest movies. This February, we've got Super Bowl 56, the 2022 Winter Olympics, and the Peacock Original Bel Air. Plus, the new movie Marry Me in theaters and streaming Valentine's Day. Sign up now at PeacockTV.com. Mirror Man, Mirror Man, you twist and turn my mind until I don't know who I am. Mirror Man. Good morning and welcome to another sad edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. Maybe the saddest one yet. Uh, I am here with my main man, Ash. How you doing, Ash? I'm all right, buddy. Strictly no party here. There, Yep, yeah, there was no party in this weekend. Um, fifth defeat of the season. Third home defeat in a row. Zero shots in 742 hours. Um, Arsenal at the moment are a fucking misery. Um, what do you give us your top line thoughts, Ash, before we get into some of the details today? It's, it's hard to to ignore now. I think there's a I think one or two in or three is bad lucky, but I think where we're heading is uh uh something needs to happen. I'm not saying bad things need to happen, but I think we need to fundamentally analyze what's happening, what's happened, and how we've got here and how we move forward. Yeah, I think it's um I think I think that game against Wolves was the first one where I felt like Arteta didn't have the answer at all. And I'm a little bit worried. I'm a little bit worried. I think he's a great coach. Um, uh, you know, I think he's a, a potentially great uh, young coach. I think he's, um, he's a great communicator. I think he's got lots of good ideas, but I am a little bit worried that he might be in over his head at this moment. But um, I think there are I think there are a number of layers that we've got to discuss when going through this today. So I want to talk about Arteta himself and where potentially things are going wrong for him. I want to talk about the players um, because things aren't looking good with them. And I think the um, you know I, I always think that the manager has sole responsibility, but we are on the fourth coach that has failed to get a turn out of these players. 
Uh, and that's problematic, especially because, you know, key signings that were supposed to turn things around for us are not helping either. Uh, and then I want to talk about the, the the structure and things going on at the club. And then we can talk about the positives because I am hoping that this is ground zero for Arsenal and things can't get much worse than this, even though I know they absolutely can. Um, right. Uh, let's let's not beat around the bush. Let's get straight into it. Um, Ash, Mikel Arteta... The coach feels like he was more effective than Mikel Arteta, um, the manager. Like, top line, what, what do you think the biggest mistakes that he's made are, uh, have been so far? How have we got here? So I think that's a really interesting thing that you say that because one of the immediate reactions to, to your tear-up would be if he's, you know, he's, he's a wet behind the ears, then we should bring in someone above him. But we kind of have, right? That said, um, I don't know if I'm being naive. It appeared when this all started with him last season, tail end of going on to a cup final run, that he knows how to play um, with the players he's got. And that's why we played with five at the back to start with and all sorts of things. We now seem to be slaves to the system he wants to play with, with the same players. Um, and isn't it the definition of madness that you keep trying to do the same thing again and again and again without getting the result you want? And I think that are you telling me that we were sitting here in March saying that Granite and Danny were the central midfield? No, we, we fucking weren't. And they're playing there again. And like just because we bought one centre half, it doesn't fix everything else around the park. And I think you've got to change the system because. And that's not just sort of playing over up top or on the left or whatever. There's just, we have an ineffective, completely and utterly absent fucking midfield. I mean, they may as well not be on the fucking park. That's the answer. You're on mute. That's the sort of week that we're having, Ash. I'm muting myself. My word. <laughs> I, I, I swallowed some water and it went down the wrong hole and then um, all hell broke loose this side. I didn't want to peep. People think I had the COVID, and so I, yeah, I, I think the um, one of the one of the big challenges that we seem to get, you know, our, Arsenal internet is pretty crazy. That uh, you know, we almost write stories about the things fans think that um, are going wrong, and I think the basically everything that the fans have demanded, Arteta has done, and they haven't worked, and actually they've made things worse, right? So <laughs> just from a just from a tactical perspective, hang on a minute. No, no, no. I've never said Granite Jacket should be playing at the team. In this yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I sure. Mean, no. Granite Jacket should have been uh, bombed out in, in you know, this summer. And, and that, that's a different set of mistakes that we'll talk about. Um, but Arteta moved to four at the back. Um, he try, he's tried to play in a more attacking way. Uh, he's got Obama Yang through the middle. He's got Joe Willock in the side. He had Nicolas Pepe. Every single thing Arsenal fans have asked for... Arteta has done, and he has been almost immediately yeah. proved correct in the previous decisions. Obama Yang looked absolutely lost against Wolves. Yeah, but I think I think all of those things that we asked for worked in the context of Thomas Party, and we can't be reliant on one player. Seems like we are. Well, but we, how can we be, how can we be so reliant on a player who's dropped about three games for us so far? It's like he get he goes out the team and we completely collapse. But um, so I think the um, the big question moving forward is five at the back and trying to nick games worked for us. 
and we had a yeah. few and we had a few tight games where it didn't work for us. But had had Lacazette uh, knocked in a few of the goals, had a few decisions gone our ways, those fine margins games could have turned zero points into nine points, and then we'd be right back in the mix. You know, that's, it is actually one of the things I looked at was actually if you look at where we are and where that lot are. Um, it is nine points, and actually, you could argue those are fine margin games this year. I think look, it's reasonably reactionary. Yeah. I mean, I, if I go, if I go deeper into why I think this has happened, I don't think it's his fault. I don't think he should go. Uh, I think he he's only trying to play the hand he's got in front of him, right? Exactly. Yeah. And look, I I I don't I like the fact that we tried, and I and I was one of those fans that was like, oh, really? We should be trying to play a more attacking formation because this is fucking garbage. But uh, you know what? I, I kind of feel like what he's tried hasn't worked. Joe Willock doesn't look up to the standard. Uh, Obama Yang offers absolutely zero to the press. He looks he looks like the anti pressing striker. He just sort of potters around and he looked really isolated against Wolves. And I know that they're a difficult team to play against, but they've not been in good form. He shouldn't look that shit. You know, he is a quarter of a million pound a week striker out there. Uh, Nicholas Pepe gets sent off in the second half. Does not look like a Premier League player. Everyone begging for a run from Nicholas Pepe. I don't know what they're looking at. He doesn't, like he offers little in attack. He's fucking shit at covering. Um, Reese Nelson looks better than all of our wingers combined so, apart from at the moment. And so I, I actually, in a w- weird way, I went with um, the sort of most extreme reaction to this that you could when you're kind of thinking it through, which is um, there's a very, very simple solution to most of this, which is, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the whole fucking squad is for sale. Right. Amen. And then, Approve. and then we decide who we keep from that because there is more than half that lot that just, just they shouldn't be here. Yeah. I don't care if, you know, and that's not on him. And the other piece was right now, given the state we're in, are we not just better off giving the kids the other, you know, some, some kids a go because at least we're we're blooding them through for the for the future, and let's sort of go a bit more project youth, yeah. Rather than sort of, we've had this fucking cancer in the club, which is top four is like a trophy. Wenger said it, and it's fucking stuck with us. And that's very what we true. Care about now. That's all we care about is the top four, and that's what the club standard is because that's what we want. We want the money. We want the money. We want the money. We don't want to win. We just want the money. That's the standard that has been set for this club. And that's what's happening. We're going in there to finish fourth if we can. And I don't think you can build a team with quality that way. And I think if you think, if you look at Arteta's pedigree as a coach and you think about where he, his philosophy comes from and where the way he thinks, and you know, I read a lot of broader sporting books and all those kinds of things a lot of this philosophy is about getting these players to create habits and to do things repetitively. So it's second nature to them. If they don't have that ability, you can't expect them to do it. Yeah, no, I, I, I come, I completely agree with you. And the, the, our strategy shifted January, 2017, and we were out of the running for top four and we tried to go for broke. And we brought in a bunch of players from Dortmund 
uh, you know, the the best one being Aubameyang. And we missed out on top four. And then we basically spent the last three years signing players that will get us to the top four. And generally, like, it, and players on their last legs, you know, one last job for the boys. And I agree with you. You don't, like, Arsenal don't really think in a long-term way because if they were thinking in a long-term way, they'd stop making these terrible short-term decisions that cost us in the long term. Like you're just about, you can, you can smell the end of Meza Ozil's oh. contract. So what are you going to do? You go and give two, a 31 year old and a 32 year old three year deals that like, are going to hoover up what? 600,000 right. a week. You, we can't even, I, I was like, all right, the last year of Williams contract is going to be fucking bad. Oh my God. We haven't even got the, the first three months of the contract being good. It's diabolical to watch, but the, the like good leadership, Good leadership would have sussed this out early. Yep. Yeah, you, and that's uh, the owners. That is on the owners. That, that's on, like, that's on the owners. It can't be anybody else. Yeah, no, um, I agree. I agree. And the the reality of that situation is uh, they were beholden to one person and that person had way too much control. He's doing his book tour now. I think he needs to stand up and admit he should have gone five or seven years earlier. Because uh, he held our club hostage, and I think I've, I find it really difficult to talk about the good years that he he ran the club. When in reality, Arsene Wenger spent just as long destroying what the fuck he built. Yeah, I, and all these all, all these people on the internet when we lose uh, on the internet, people. What, what do I sound like? Um, all these people on the internet that that go, ah, people owe Arsene Wenger a big apology after this. No, they fucking don't. I tell you who, like Arsene Wenger owes us an apology. Arsene Wenger's "I've got money" spending spree got, has got to go down as one of the worst in history. No one lost their mind like him. It's like he well, picked up a hallucinogenic drug sport. addiction. Yeah, crazy stuff. He wanted fourth. He was a survivalist. He wasn't building for the future. And his answer is, I was building for the future by building you a stadium. I don't give a fuck about the stadium. It, I, obviously, I do. It matters. Match day revenue, all that shit matters. But, you know, and hindsight's a wonderful thing, because if we'd waited four years, there'd be enough, or five years, or whatever it would have been, there'd be enough TV money not to worry about it. But, but if you the, the ownership of the club has a lot to answer for. Um, I guess they can either fuck off and sell the club. And I know I am from, you know, we hear often enough, there's plenty of people that want the damn thing and want to do it differently. I'm, I'm not very pro the, the uh, sugar daddy model, but in reality, I don't think there's any other way that we get a near term fix out of this without going out and signing five to seven new players and backing Arteta. Otherwise, the next guy is going to have the same problem. The guy after that's going to have the same problem. And the guy after that's going to have the same problem. Yeah. And look, Arsene Wenger deserves a lot of flack and we can talk about like leadership and ownership structure um, a little bit later, but for the people, you know, let's just nail that down. There, There is no apologizing to Wenger because the mess that we're in, I wrote about it so, so, um, prolifically at the time to say, look, uh, it, it, it takes a long time to sink but once you've sunk every year, it's an extra 50 million that it's going to cost to get you back to the top. And so it's proved out. But um, I think back back to Arteta because he's... No, like, it's, it's 50 million to stay in the game. It's not even to get to where you want to get to. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the ground floor. 
we couldn't we had we had about 10 problems this summer and we couldn't we could hardly fix any of them because we didn't have enough cash but um back to Arteta because he still deserves um he still still deserves quite a lot of flack um one of the biggest mistakes that the club made is get, making him a manager in the first place uh, he saw a power vacuum at Arsenal and he went for it um it's such poor leadership from uh, Vinay to be like well, after. Uh, or did, no, 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 no. did, did Vinay do the same? Right, yeah, there was but, a power vacuum, and they all chose to fill it. Yeah, but but, but taking going from uh, like the the dealings of Raúl to Vinay makes sense. One leader, you know, two from one. But um, if you if if you have doubts about Edu and you don't think that he can handle it, you cannot make a rookie manager on the level of a technical director, that a technical director should have the power to sack a manager. So we put Arteta in charge of signings and managers are by nature short-term in their thinking. So I don't, like Arteta, giving David Luiz a contract, pushing for William to sign. Um, like he's not making five-year decisions. He's making bad two-year decisions. So he, like Arteta has, Arteta yeah, has but, made but those, this mercenary bed. And we've talked about it. Those are fine in the broader context if you're bringing in a balance of of other players. We're not, are we? Um, yeah, you know, it's um, it's. We it, can, you could argue we have, and we've been a bit unlucky. But the idea that we're banking on Martinelli to fix everything, or you know. Yeah, we're we're all, we're always banking on something that happens, and then it comes. You know, it's like the days when we were like, "Oh, if only the RB was fit," and then you get back in the side, and you were like. Oh, oh, I okay. Yeah. He's not that good, and nor are we. Yeah. But I think, um, I think, I think Mikel Arteta should never have been given the manager role. He should never be. He should never have been given the ability to make decisions on big contracts um, for older players. I'm not sure he he's had that much. I think he's had a big. I think he's had a. I don't think he's had the final decision, has he? I I think that. Uh, I think that if we had a strong technical director. That strong technical director would have said, "Sorry, David, uh, you've had a bad season for us. I know you've had a good, strong second half of the year, but you're not the athletic profile that we need. And we could spend your 160 to 200k a week on a better central defender." And yeah. Arteta, yeah. I know yeah, you like. Yeah, yeah, I know you like William, but 250 grand a week, like we could get two young players that are you know, top of their game, like Wolves do, for 50K a week each. And then we could, like, save the all of that additional contract money and we could buy some actual players. We're not going to, like, if 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 William gets a bad injury, we're fucked. So those, and, then, those, and then Danny Ceballos is a panic reloan because, and it's, I'm fucking as average that spot to you, because we couldn't get the, the creative player we wanted, right? Yeah, we, exactly. We've settled. So, um so I, I, yeah, I think I think a lot a lot lands on Arteta. I I, I think that it's um, I, th- I think that it's a little a little unfair to to load up all of the problems on his shoulders yeah, because this is and, it's not quite Emery because we're not and, like we and, can be solid and we're talking about two players out of a much larger squad of players, right? And you, you can't, for example, he didn't bring Louise in. He didn't bring half the others in. Suarez, did he bring Suarez in? Um, yeah, I yeah, know. Uh, uh, 
Oh, oh, Suarez. Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking of the other terrible Suarez. We did, no, we did back to back terrible Suarez signings. Yeah, didn't yeah. We? no, Cedric Suarez. Yeah, that's on him. I, I, th- I, well, I kind of feel like you can put you can put Cedric Suarez on a four year deal on Raul and a mates rate deal. Yeah, Pablo, yeah. Pablo Mari, jury's out. But like, I think yeah. we should put anything that happened in January on the previous regime. But totally. will, I think that's fair. William Parsi and Gabriel. The big one has got to be Pepe, right? I mean, that if we'd had. That's 75 million. Say we'd had 40 of that 75 million and probably Wilfred Zaha. I think we'd probably be in a bit of a happier club and there'd be no William. There'd be no William either then, would there? No, there'd be no William. And Zaha can run at players and he's strong and he scares the shit out of the opposition and people don't press up, you know, they don't squeeze you because Zaha can just go past you. And we don't have any players that can go past our forwards. And I think this is the problem for like Arteta. Like Jose Mourinho, look, he's he's doing a good job right at this moment, but he's got Son and Kane, right? So he's got, uh, and he also inherited a Champions League finalist squad and he's added some good players, but he's got magic in those front two. So Mourinho plays a fine margins game and he can win those games. Um, We... Don't have creative midfielders like Manchester City. They don't have incredible strikers, but they've got an incredible conveyor belt of chance creation. So right, eventually totally. they're going to so score. At some point, there's a bloody good chance one's yeah. going to go in. We don't right. even have a Foden. You know, we've seen Guardiola before, and I'm not saying that he's going to do this now. But if he had to, you know, he could get away with the false number nine and play no strikers, and that team would still score. Yeah, this, it is a chance creation machine. Every single player in that side gets an assist during a season. Um, so Arteta's got problems because he's got no one in midfield that can create and his forward line is broken. Like £72 million worth of talent in Pepe. The guy's worth about, on the open market now, he wouldn't get more than £18 million. William, I think that's Yeah, I think that's generous. Yeah, and um, so... I, every, the, the, the real challenge that when you look at where Arteta is at the moment, I mean, looking back on the Meza Ozil decision, I completely understand it from a culture perspective why Arteta did it. But I tell you, like, when you make big dick decisions, Mourinho is one of the best at this. Mourinho always goes into a club and he puts some big name player on the bench and you're like, fuck, one matter on the bench. That's incredible. But there's always a solution and you go... Oh, he fucking knows yeah, what he's doing. He doesn't alienate them so much that they're just not even rocking up. Right? I mean, to this take is another a, thing that kind a, of like you see the whole Del- Delhi Alley thing, right? And right, yeah, he's still playing him, but on like midweek games and Carling Cup. And Mesut, as far as I know, does Mesut Ozil even turn into turn up to training? Yeah, I mean, he's he's still there. But the point, the point with um, that, my my kind of worry this summer was like, look, keep keep him in the squad, and just like, have a have a fucking grand bargain with him. Look, it's your last year. It is in my interest to get you playing well. It is in your interest to play well because your value will be higher. We'll get one last year. You can fuck off. Get a big deal in the MLS. Get a big deal in Qatar. Wherever the fuck you want to go and make hundreds of millions of pounds or whatever. But he he lich he he cut off the, any the supply thing, line without the, a creative midfield solution. It was unbelievable. And the, thing, and the thing that that gets my goat is how, I don't I don't understand how. Firstly, he brought him back into the fold, and I think he did it really really well. 
He's a player he played alongside and captained. So he knows what floats his boat and what doesn't. Yeah. And how we've got to hit, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe that is pre-manager Mikel being told by powers of to do other things. Uh, but maybe it, there is a conspiracy, you know. Yeah, and, and, and I uh, and the other against Meza, the Chinese or yeah. But the 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 thing with the Meza Özil bit is, I would I would kind of be like, all right, look, I know that we're trying to preserve this fucking this new culture. It's a new world, and you can't have your best player not turning up to the Zoom calls and doing all that shit. I get that, but it doesn't seem like the non-negotiables are non-negotiable, right? William fucks off to Dubai. Whatever that that seems like pretty bad behavior from a senior player like Granite Jacker's best friends with Alioski on 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 the pitch. Nicholas Pepe is like headbutting people out of the blue. Like I've heard yeah. the rumblings oh, I that I think you've got it right. I think yeah. I don't think I, all is. I think it's a, I think it's a very only, toxic training camp. I think there's I think there's about five five or six players that I don't think we can complain about. And I think of trying their hardest and doing anything they can to get us through the next bit. But um, so let's move. Let's let's move on to the players because the not. yeah, actually, let's move on to the players because I, I wrote a piece after the Aston Villa debacle um, when we just made it through to the FA Cup final um, and we had a terrible performance. And my yep. big my big concern with Mikel Arteta is he was very easily convinced by players that they turned a corner. And my thing was. These players cannot be trusted, but it is, it is in their DNA to let you down. As soon as things aren't going their way, things drop off. And Arteta... I, I think that's entirely fair. Yeah, and he... entirely fair. He has... He fucking fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker. He gave David Luiz a new contract. Yeah, yeah uh, look, I, I know... I, I, what? I, yeah, I, but we're I, not paid I, to manage the Arsenal. Are we? well, yeah, we're not paid to manage the Arsenal. But my, um, I, I, I've, I kind of hoped that he had some sort of Midas touch and we were going to get through it. But now, uh, now you're seeing these these weird behaviours, and, and it, I might be imagining this. But Granite Jacker was quite good last season, and I think that that's undeniable. You might hate him, but he was solid. Uh, that game that he put on against Wolves. Uh, he was fucking awful. And I know that his stats look quite good for the spreadsheet merchants out there, but like the eye test said, absolutely terrible. And I'm, I'm, I'm watching him and Danny Ceballos and I'm like, are you too pissed that Thomas Partey and Moel Nenny are first choice? And this is like your, what, fuck you. Because that's what it feels like. It's like the, 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 the entitlement in this squad seems off the scale. And, um, I yeah, well, I mean, look, I think it, quite, it looks like like Granite Jacker could have made disagree with you. Yeah, and I uh, I wonder the whether that's Granite revenge. The thing about Granite yes, uh, yesterday was, I mean, he's gone back to Granite when we got him. He was every fucking ball was sideways. It, it, yeah, and slow, and he plods, and he gets the ball trapped under his feet, and he can't deal with a press. You know, um, when, when I used to play football, I was shit. So in a dressing room of of my peers, I had no say in a dressing room because I was I was I was shit at football. Right, I accept that because that's that's just that's survival of the fittest. That's uh, you know Darwinism. I think it says a lot about the Arsenal squad when a player as average as Granite Xhaka is voted in as captain. Like, doesn't that tell you there's something fucking wrong here? 
right? There's something wrong where, uh, uh, where the leader of these players is him. Well, I, I think we all talk about, you know, well, the five captain thing aside, and I think there's a lot of talk about how many leaders we may have or might have or could have or whatever. I don't think there are any. I don't think Louise is a leader. If he was, he wouldn't have let what happened on the fucking pitch happen. I mean, granted, he had a knock to the head, but I mean, I'm he, talking about previous weeks. Right now, I, I'd almost turn around and say, why wouldn't you just go to... I don't, I don't know why I'm saying this, but just like, fuck it, Rob Holding, you're captain. You're 23. You're part of the spine. You're going to be here for some time. Fucking own the problem. Shout at these bastards when they're there. Because Aubameyang is not the captain. It's like when Thierry was captain. He was, it's just like you don't make your best player captain automatically. It's just a ridiculous concept. Yeah, I think the the, the, the problem with David Luiz is he's kind of had a career of like showing that he's quite mentally weak. Um, like you, you, he's he's the one player and you're just like, who the fuck is going to show up today? He's so inconsistent. The older he gets, the worse it gets. And I, I, we we basically gave him a huge contract for another year based on how he is with the kids behind the scenes. And I, I like listening to him talk. He's charismatic. He's got a big profile. I, the young I, players I, like him. But is he good before, enough on the pitch? The conversation was very simple. No, the, the, the conversation, if, that was the, if you want him around the squad and you value him that much, he's a coach and you register him to play in emergencies. That's how it works. Yeah, I, I I completely agree. I I don't I don't understand that decision on any level. But basically, uh, if if there was one problem that you could nail for Mikel Arteta, it's that Jose Mourinho doesn't have. It is Arteta put in a big investment in senior players, and nearly every single senior player at Arsenal is letting him down this season. Like I said. It's finished. Pepe, shit. Anyone? Shit. William, shit. Luis, shit. It's. I mean, I. I, I know. I know. Okay. It sounds like I'm being a dick right. here, but no, it, no, no, like, you know what I mean. No, no, no. It's I said. True. I said, let's sell the whole fucking squad, right? And I said, if I had to pull some players back from that, let's just go through it. I don't think Leno's the best keeper. Let Leno, another terrible mistake it yesterday. Is, it is what it is. Uh, Hector can stay. Uh, Gabriel can clearly stay. Oh my god, I love Gabriel. Uh, I wish they were I actually, the I actually Rob Holding can stay. I don't think he's put many, many done many things wrong. Agree. He's had a chance. And Kirantini can stay. Now the rest of them Saka. Classy. The rest of it. Uh, yeah. uh, Saka. I mean, you know, I, I I think it's hard to blame any of this on the kids, by the way. But yeah, uh, I, I I agree. But it's so the the, the senior players, the rest of them can honestly fuck off. And the big the big difficulty that uh, Mikel Arteta has now is Every is there's always an escape route, right? There's always a, like the, like the, a rip cord where it's like fuck it. We don't have a fuck it rip cord anywhere. Like they're like Mesut Ozil is like you know playing computer games. Uh, the the kids don't look like they're up to it at the moment. Like Joe Willock looks like he needs to go on loan. Eddie and Ketia looks good for the under twenty ones. Isn't getting a sniff. Uh, Smith Rowe. Uh, like I'm excited by him, but I'm only excited. I'm as I'm as excited about him as I was about all the rest of the kids where I watched the under twenty three videos. It's very hard to judge those kids because we're we're expecting so much of them because the rest of them are shy. Yes, like Wenger said, he's like if you put kids into a toxic environment, they can't thrive, right? Yeah. They need well, it needs to be perfect for them. Let's let's go back to my favorite topic, which is blaming Arsene Wenger. Um, if we go back to sort of ten years ago and forwards. 
we were finishing fourth, 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 third, fourth, second, whatever, right? And our top players always wanted to leave because we weren't winning things. There is not a single one of those fucking players that wants to leave because they have no ambition. They it, like the paycheck. It's comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, and that's the culture. And you don't really get... I mean, I, look, I know it's, a, it's, it's kind of a nonsense, um, anecdotal bit of evidence, but no one comes knocking for Jacker. Uh, well, Hertha Berlin came knocking for uh, right. Granite. So, and he, he, even even the superstar like, young players, they got Matteo. Yeah, yeah, but uh, like even even Matteo, right? What we were all like, this is the fucking hottest shit that we've ever seen. And who came in for him? Her to Berlin. And sure, you know he's looking good there. Let's see how long that lasts. Uh, well, he's not even looking that good. They lost. I watched them lose five two to um, to Dortmund. You know, like and everyone was like, what a great performance. I'm like, well, part of a midfield that concedes five goals. It's very Emery 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 esque. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't I don't see where the emergency ripcord is yeah, for Arteta no, because no one's coming. Let's go. To, no one's coming for Kalasinac. No one's coming for Mustafi. No one's coming for Lacazette. No, no one's coming for Lacazette. Socrates. Come on, I mean the list is go. El Neni, Granite. Like yeah, these you, are fundamentally. You shouldn't be playing. These are not good. Fucking footballers. Yeah, and we what we end up doing is we pay premium wages to bring average players over. You don't need to give uh, Socrates a fucking ninety grand a week contract. You don't need to give Mustafi coming over from Valencia a ninety grand a week contract. These numbers are fucking insane. No wonder they don't leave. Like uh, like Danny Ceballos, um, if he was at Arsenal, he'd be on one hundred twenty grand a week. Like Theo Walcott, he's on sixty k a week, which is like. And I think that Arsenal fans completely lose sight of how inflated our salary, our wage bill, two hundred thirty-five million, unbelievable. We are still in the top three total wage bills, aren't we in the Premier League? Yeah, you, we should be. I mean, that's the least. That's probably, arguably, the lowest return on investment in the whole league. It is. And now the problem with Arteta that he's got is he's Arteta is basically now in a situation where he has to go back to the team that he picked up in December, right, to save him. And I don't know whether, I don't know where the second bit's coming from. But what I will say uh, is there's a lot of Arteta out going around the internet. It's fu- I it's, don't agree with that. It's so fucking stupid. But what I will say is most of the sensible voices, uh, you know, I'm saying sensible because I've got the same opinion. So that, that's how it works, is the, the players need to go first. You, you need to, you, like, the, next summer, you we need to, you, yeah, you, you need to rip out the, You can't the rock. not back him. You can't not back him, right? And, yeah. um, you know, this happens in business, it happens anyway. You get a new guy in, brings a few new people in, you think, oh, great, we're just going to do this. And then you realise, actually, we can't just wallpaper over the cracks. We probably need to have a look underneath the wallpaper and actually deal with some of the rot. And I think we have papered over the cracks and we haven't dealt with the rot. Now, I think there's extenuating circumstances with COVID, the transfer market, and all of that kind of stuff. But yeah, no preseason. No preseason. And I think, but you know, it's the same for everybody. It is actually, funnily enough, a level fucking playing field. Um, and I think that we've got an issue where in January, I think it's as simple as if some of these players don't. Uh, get sold that need to go 
I think we need two things, really. We need to make a statement. And the other one is we need to just cut our losses and get them out and get the money that we can from saving from their wages. We just terminate a bunch of contracts in January. It's a simple yeah. It's yeah. like, it's, it's, sorry, guys, yeah. you're out. There's nothing we can do about it. And if they've got any dignity, they won't, you know, I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. I think I mean, the, look, who, I, I, it'd be nice I think if, by the way, it, we can talk about the players' mentality, their attitudes, their ability to perform, and I think those are all questionable. But, you know, it takes two two people to sign a contract. And I think if they sign them and they're not getting a better draft deal elsewhere, then the onus is on the club to fix that, not necessarily on the player. I think it's fine to talk about the players' dignity, but if I've signed that contract, it's what I'm worth, it's what you've agreed to pay me, and there's no way you're not going to fucking pay me. And I think yeah. I think the club needs to be a little bit grown up about that. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm not taking their sides. You know, I don't think it is a sides thing, but I think they are entitled to the paper they signed. Yeah. I I just hope that we don't have. I just hope that we don't have an emergency situation in January where we do what we used to do under Wenger when it wasn't going well, and we panic and we end up with a load of fucking drossy signings. Um, what would sign up, end up with a Frenchman who'd had a broken leg for the previous five years and was thinking about becoming a postman, but we'd give him a shot. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you, then that, that fucking postman ends up playing against Bayern Munich as a surprise. Can't, can't even can't even stand up. But it would be, you know, like <laughs> or he's like a new signing. I know. I like some. Of, I like some of the the links. Um, I, uh, Buendia uh, of Norwich. They're talking about um, a. a Big chance creation machine in the Premier League uh, for them last year. Their 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 Jack Grealish basically created every single chance for them in the league last year. I think that they're also being linked to Max Ahrens of of Norwich. Um, so that's that's quite interesting. I think it. And then uh, 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 and Thomas Partey, Isco, Disco. So I don't know. There's something. How did we that. get Dan? How did we manage to not even have that conversation with Madrid while we were begging to get Danny Ceballos back? I know. Get. I mean, it, listen. I'm I know. Yeah, it's really difficult um, for to convince Arsenal fans that signing uh, players that look a little bit demotivated at Madrid is a, is a good idea. But like Isco, he plays like. Jack Grealish, right? I know that he's he's a much better, yeah. more polished version, but he can run with the ball. He's strong. He's got a low center of gravity. He scores goals. Fuck me, if you get him, if you get him turbocharged, like he's he's a he'd be a devastating signing. Um, I know results on, I, I, and you know everyone assumes that they're terrible now because they've lost th- uh, is it two on the bounce or three on the bounce, I suppose. But in the way that, why wouldn't we have? It's the it's the Hammers Rodriguez at Everton thing, right? All exactly, over. yeah. Rodriguez has been on the market for three fucking seasons, and um, and Isco. We were always going to go and get him to play alongside. Do you remember we were going to get him to play alongside um, Alexis? But he would he he could be a ma- he could be a magic signer if you could get him on loan. That would be money. That would potentially be money well spent if you can get him fit, firing, and like mentally sharp. I mean, look, it, like the the fact that we could go to the championship and hire in um, a creative player, and you know that that would improve our output straight away, says well, it all, I, right? Uh, I mean, I, you know, I was trying to figure out how to react to the 
the fact that we're talking about um, uh, Norwich players is yeah. that's I mean that's where we're at. That something like that we're in a we're in the we need someone who can do a job territory rather than uh, anything else. But look, we are quite snobby uh, Arsenal considering the, the she situation we're in. But Ollie Watkins, I know he had a bad night tonight, but Ollie Watkins. Put in a better centre forward performance against Arsenal than I've seen any of our own centre forwards put in since like peak Olivier Giroud. So we should have really sniffed because I think there's a lot of quality in the Championship because there's a lot more, um, there's a lot of investment going on there because they're all trying to get into the Premier League. So look, we it's it's clear that Arteta doesn't have the players and it's difficult to fully judge him. There is a lot. There are things that he can improve. Uh, yeah. I think he and can think, take the handbrake off. Maybe stop. Maybe it feels a little bit overcoached at the moment. But as soon as we moved from five at the back to four, it's been a disaster. And that's why he doesn't it, play four I, at the back. I think, okay, I think disaster is probably a little extreme. But it, it, we've won some games and we beat United away, and we, you know those kinds of things, and that's fine. I, I, the real reason is because by playing the five. Right, you're maintaining that solidity, and you're getting those channels down the two flanks. And at the moment, we've got no way of getting the ball to anyone up front. Um, so it makes um, sense. It clearly, because we don't have a midfield, right? Yeah, and that's why you want to play the five at the bank is because you don't have a midfield. But if you know, you you just think about it, um, and like trying to turn into more positive things because and maybe the whole the- way. Just till the end of the year, until party's fit again, because the rumor is it's going to be Christmas before he's. Back. Yeah, I, it's, it's weird. I, I don't know how. I mean, look, the Darren, uh, Darren Arsenal one get, has great contacts into the club, but I, I was I, I'd heard that the club hoped that he might be fit for Spurs, and it hasn't been confirmed that he's out to the end of the year. Disastrous that a player who's only had what three weeks out in his entire time at Atleti comes to Arsenal and he's out for three months straight away, but. You know, then you look to the, the course, the, mates. Uh, the course. Arsenal are going to get Cal Chambers back um, for the Europa League this week. Possibly Pablo Mari um, get, gets back into contention this week. That's good news. Then, um, then if you look forward to January, will Gabriel will come back, and he has a whole different flavour that we do not have in that front three. He could be electric for yeah. us. Yeah, and, and look, uh, at again. some point, players get into form, right? At some point, yeah. something has and, to click. And, and you're right, and I think this is this is definitely one of the positives. And I think it's very fair to turn around and say there's been a lack of competition due to a key set of um, at least squad players being injured. And the thing about squad players is they they put pressure on the others when they get a chance. And um, I think that's I think that's fair. I think we have to play a Bamiang every week at the moment because we haven't got a choice. We have to play Granite every week because we haven't got much of a choice. You know, and I think if you if you've got those others putting pressure on there, then that's fine. So going back to something else you just said, which kind of really made me think on just as I was thinking, sort of saying that, which is it's pretty easy to t- to change Mikhail's mind. I think it's happened, isn't it? I mean, Holding was on the way out the door, changed his mind, one game. Yeah, and look, I, I think that, and that's not the only player that's happened to. It, like if if Rob if Rob Holding had a full head of hair and looked like that Hungarian kid uh, RB people were and he was called uh, Holdinho people would be looking at his displays with uh, a, like a lot more favourable 
than they are. And I, I think that he has been, like, he's been solid, right? And that's all you want. You've got, like, Gabriel is the all-action hero, but Rob Holding just sits in the background. And, you know, like, I, I know the, uh, the, you know, we didn't have a good game with Elneny in midfield, but Elneny sets the tempo, right? He might not be world-class, but he sets a, he sets the tempo. He, does, he never right? stops, and he, shifts, and he moves the ball forward. And he yeah, moves always the moving, always moving. I think that's reasonable. So we we basically lost yeah. two, so I'll just two midfielders. On that. Apparently, apparently. Sorry, go on. I'll, I'll tell you in a second. Yeah, and I was just going to say that you know you, you think about it. We get El Nenny back in the side. You get Party back in the side. You get Gabriel coming back. You 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 bring in one or two creative players in January, and then. It, how much worse can it get? There's going to come a point where somebody scores a 35-yard screamer and we're going to blitz the team 3-0 and it's going to click. Oh, hopefully this fucking Sunday. That'd be nice. Uh, that would, yeah, yeah. What, what, <laughs> what, what am I... Uh, we're going to be murdered. Yeah, but it wouldn't it be funny? We'll beat Spurs. What one of my friends is saying, we'll, we'll beat Spurs and then lose to Burnley 3-0. That'll be the... That's, yeah, the, that right that's the way this season. Yeah. But look, I think you're right. But... Uh, we, I think we've got to be go back to where you and I started this conversation, which is I think the January thing and salvaging some some stuff in this season. I think it's very salvageable, by the way, because we are in November and our immediate assumption is we've played fourteen games. We haven't. Season only started six weeks ago, right? So there's a bit of that, and obviously we've had thirteen international windows in that time. But um, th- that doesn't. I think we do need to solve for the bigger problem. Um, which is um, n- not just a January problem. I think it's a, it's a bigger thing than that. Um, party, when Arteta was asked, um, I believe yesterday after the game, he said he couldn't confirm when the player would return. I don't think he'll be with us for the next few games. Bloody, 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 bloody. Uh, yeah, and uh, sure, but let's just hope it's not January. But... The, the other stunning reality of the Premier League this season is it's all a bit shit for everybody. Arsenal yeah. have, Arsenal I mean, have five five points off top four. Leicester lost to Fulham. Uh, Villa lost to West Ham. And, this is, this and is here we are again. You're still in the mix. Are we all just, you know, sitting at home in this pandemic, losing our minds and all slowly seeing a, a sort of an alternate reality that isn't really there? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I've been spending yeah. too much time on my own with the dog, I think. Oh, I know. It's uh, it's it's fucking depressing and uh, you know like the 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 biggest thing that's pissing me off is it's like fuck me. Arsenal is a pain in my ass every single week. I swear it's like I just want to get back to joy. Give me a 10 game unbeaten run. Give me some spectacular goals. Give me a kid that breaks through and gets five assists in three games. Like where is the joy at Arsenal at the moment? Like we need that energy yeah. and that excitement yeah. that we had last yeah. season. Yeah, and totally. it has to click at some point. It has uh, yeah, to click. We want, we want that Martinelli goal against Chelsea again. Just give me that. Exactly. You know, great. some bragging rights. Like, I feel like, yeah. uh, you know, I'm, we're just getting bantered by Spurs fans at the moment. I can't I know, take it. And I do... Like, it's still worth saying. Uh, no, it isn't. Or is it? I mean, we haven't conceded that many goals. <laughs> yeah, no, we, I know. We, we're not. We're sense. not getting. We're not getting completely ripped apart. And I know that this is a really I kind know, of. I I think that's that's why we're upset because we're not doing what we're typically known for, which is collapsing. 
Yeah. We're doing the polar opposite. We're doing the thing that we're not known for, which is being unable to create or play the game and score goals. Because that traditionally is something we've been pretty good at for the last 10, 15 years. Um, so those people say it is the Arsenal way. I love that, the Arsenal way. Fuck me, you should have been around for the 20 or 30 years before that because it certainly wasn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I um I, I think that I think that we can I think that we can solve it. And I think that at least Arteta is now learning the really, and I hope that this is the hardest lesson that he has to learn about coaching and management. And I hope that the club looks at the infrastructure around him. And I hope the Vinay learns the lesson of giving, like we should just go back to the Arsene Wenger policy from the, from the nineties. No, no players over the age of thirty get longer than a than a two yeah. year deal, and that's the that's no, the way that we're going to fucking operate. Yeah, year. get it if back it to Dennis Burkham. It was good enough for Robert Perez. Yeah, it was good enough for some of the greatest players that played at our club. Yeah, but it's it's it starts with having a crystal clear vision of what yeah. you're trying to do, I, and I Edu's like anybody that's got special talent. We are being challenged at the end of the day because we can say. Yeah, well, you can only have one more year, but then some other mug club will go and give them three years. We're the mug club at the moment, aren't we? Yeah, but there aren't many there aren't many Zlatans in the world that keep on performing after the age of 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 thirty two. Like you get a Jamie Vardy, maybe, but um, you know, when you're skint, you you should stop making expensive bad decisions. And I, I don't understand how we're constantly allowed to to keep on doing it. I don't know when the big reshape is coming. And it's, you know, we've got to understand the truth about where we are and how we can get out of it. And I feel like we're we're just we're like we can just dig a little bit more then 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 we'll strike Champions League gold. And it's like, no, you've got to stop no, digging think, that fucking I hole. Just start the, again. I think that's I think that's the only thing that is keeping me sane is that if we're getting to that conclusion, I hope the fuck that they are too. You know? Yeah. You know, like, what, what did we learn? What did we learn this summer out of all of our sightings? Because we learned we learned that Gabriel is the way forward player. He's 22 years old. He plays like this for another two seasons. We'll sell him for 100 million. That's the player. Gabriel yep. um, on the wing. Well, we learned about him, that clubs will come in for him. We should be investing in players that are, you know, 21 to 23 years old that have massive upside, power, pace, aggression, intelligence. That's the future of Arsenal, not 32-year-old wingers from Chelsea. So, yeah. And I'm trying to think, I was sort of the other thing I was trying to do is think of any sort of analogous examples sort of in recent memory where clubs have kind of fallen off their perch and then gone on these huge extensive runs of what the mistakes they've made are and you can talk about United and you can talk about all sorts of things. But I think the, the 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 real one is to talk about Liverpool in the 90s who had a very similar attitude to the one we have now, which is, oh, just a couple more signings will do. And you get close every now and again out of it, you know? Um, but you, you don't fix the problem. And we need to admit that we have a problem, <laughs> I think is the first thing. And then we need to agree how we fix it. And I think... That's the chance that Mikel Arteta deserves. Yeah, yeah, and um, and hopefully we can come out the back end. And look, this is a fucking batshit crazy season. And like you know, there are a couple of parallels that that we could draw. 
I think the, the, the earliest one is Ralph Hassenhuttle took over Southampton in 2018 in uh, December. Um, he rescued them. Then he started the second season. He lost 10 out of the first 17 games. An experienced coach that was known for uh, ruthless defending, conceded 36 goals, and it was capped with a 9-0 loss to Leicester. Everyone was calling for him to be sacked. They kept the faith, and now they're flying high in the Premier League, and they look like one of the best coach teams in the premiership. Um, and then the other parallel that we've got, and look, this is way out because it's a completely different ball game, but Arsenal in 1997, 98 season, we lost four out of six games. Um, there was the Blackburn yeah. Rovers night. Yeah. And then they suddenly got it together and then they oh, went. Yeah. On look, historic- by the way, a good run now could absolutely do it. I think there's a broader thing for the whole league. And I think this is going to affect us potentially slightly more than um, the the well-bankrolled clubs, which is the new TV deal, I believe, will be negotiated in 2021 because the current deal goes until 2022. Um, And I don't see that number going up. I see from where it is right now, I see it going down. And I think it might go down slightly more dramatically than we we suspect it, it should. And I think that could bring a different dynamic into the game. And I think um, that's where we may get found out with some of the current decisions we've made, especially around players like William and et cetera, et cetera, given the three-year deals when in two years' time, there's going to be a natural revenue dip um, that sits alongside the one that we've had for the last sort of nine, ten months, right? Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's just a it's, it, it's just a night. It, like it's the it, everything about this season it feels like a a bit of a nightmare. It feels like we've just got everybody's just got to shake it out. Like hopefully, there's a a winner that comes out of the blue and that it's close all season and uh, everybody stays close to each other and then we can get back to some normality after next summer. But just as long as it's not that lot. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I just, we just need to get back. We just need to find that run. We need to yeah. channel you this. Know, I, I think there's a, there's a large, it's hard to deny that there's probably a good part of this that is a confidence thing that a, a nice win would sort out. Yeah, just, a, just a, a performance where everything clicks, the fine margins, opportunities that we're missing go in. And like, really, we find something through the midfield because it's embarrassing that, you know, Danny Ceballos dropping into right back um, to pick up the ball, Granite Xhaka. Like, we literally don't touch the middle of the park and it's um, it's kind of infuriating to watch. But we can solve it with talent and we can solve it with players coming back and... Like Arteta's got to do something. He's got to get this squad ticking because that, this is this is what being a Premier League manager is about. And if he if he doesn't have the sauce, if he's a mayonnaise and he's not a yeah uh, an expensive Chipotle, there's nothing, and there's nothing he can do then, is there? I mean, there's, there's nothing. nothing there. yeah. If he's not good enough, he's not good enough. And then I will go and bury myself in a hole and never blog again. <laughs> <laughs> Don't promise that. Yeah, I won't promise that. All right, mate. Um, we, all Ash- need some, we all need someone to shout out on the internet. Yeah, London London Derby at the weekend couldn't come at a better time, really. Uh, well, there's the- an argument that it couldn't because if you yeah. can't get yourself up for this, I think we find out what this club is absolutely about this weekend because we can't get. I don't. I don't see us winning there, um, if I'm honest. Uh, but I think you're right. The performance points would be nice of any kind. And I think if they can't get themselves up for that, then I think we know the size of the problem and the quality of the players we've got. Yeah, 
form form does not matter uh, yeah. when it comes to the London Derby. No, no. we've we've been we've played Spurs right at the bottom of the league and they've beaten us and you know yeah and I think it is one of those where had we you know had a game against Burnley this weekend or West Ham or whoever else I think god I think it might have almost been worse uh I don't know when we lose 6-0 and we're crying and we can't be bothered to do this because of that next week I'll eat my words but (laughs) till then Till then, we'll crack on. But let, let pray, pray for a pray for a good one at the weekend, um, and then hopefully we send Spurs into the death spiral. Um, That'd be great. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Okay, Bye. Ash, thank you for joining. Um, that soon. Yeah, and if you're listening to the podcast, give it a little five star rating. Uh, share it with your friends. Um, commiserate with me on the blog, thegrove.co.uk. Um, and then we will see you next week after the London Derby. And hopefully everything is perked up and we can have a joyous occasion, pop some bottles or whatever they say, uh, whatever the young kids say these days. And um, yeah, and, and have a better week moving forward. Ciao for now. Peacock Streaming. The biggest live events from Super Bowl 56 to complete coverage of the Winter Olympics. It's all the unbelievable sports to love. Sign up now at PeacockTV.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.